Hello, and welcome to The Sound and the Fury, Legends of Philadelphia. These are your hosts, Tony Butterbean Trove and Johnny Sweet Peasito. I'm Brian Boom Boom Beerman, helping out on engineering duties. You might be wondering. Why can we pick our own nickname? Yeah, I don't want to be Boom Boom. These are these are great boxing I want to be Boom Boom. These are great boxing nicknames. And this is what people really call us. You don't get to pick your nickname. Some you might be wondering, nicknames. why do these guys love boxing movies so much? Well, in addition to being Philadelphia natives, Tony Trove and Johnny Zito like have, have a little lifestyle business. Lifestyle. South Fellini that focuses on Philly culture and in-jokes. Lots of times, customers will ask us, what's the deal with that random boxing statue at Pat Young and Mifflin? It's Rocky Jr. Yeah. <laughs> or, or they want to know who would win in a fight, Will Smith or Kevin Bacon? Will, Will, I hope yeah. Will Smith because... Yeah, but Will Smith, Will Smith's mom wouldn't let him fight, remember? And she she shipped him across town because he got in one fight. Why didn't? I'm saying who I hope would win. Will Smith has the age. So we decided to start this podcast as an easy explainer for new Philadelphians and a refresher for the old heads. The city fascinates and excites us, so we're hoping to share that with you. I'm so fired up. I want to talk about Kevin Bacon and Will Smith fighting, but it's. Ding ding ding. Ding ding ding. Ding 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 ding. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, let's get ding. Ding ding. We should open this pod this episode with the end of the last episode of We Can Rock It's the month. it's um it's the the last couple. Just open up with the exact same end. Just yeah, just just kill just crush the first twenty minutes. Yeah, we'll just do a montage from the last twenty minutes of there's not enough the Rocky Two podcast. I I guess people like that. Just kidding. Uh, I guess people like that. <laughs> um, if you're joining us today, hopefully you know that uh, we, we plan on covering uh, Rocky Three in our next installment, uh, where we watch through the Rocky movies in sequential order, uh, trying to uh, break them down and talk about them. Uh, if you haven't watched the first two or listened to the first two, please Bold do. Bold theories. Yeah. And if you um, and if you uh, are joining us today, we hope you've uh, made the time to uh, go and watch Rocky Three. It's on uh, HBO Max, or uh, you might have the box set like uh, like yes. we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, our, in, our, in the in the South Fellini Library. Yes, we have both all the classics. Yes, we have both the VHS and the DVD reissue. Yeah, <laughs> where the spines line up and it's Rocky's face with the American flag behind him. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Russia! Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Every family in Philadelphia has it. Rocky Three is a 1982 American sports drama film, written, directed, and starring Sylvester Stallone. The third installment of the Rocky franchise. It is the sequel to the 1979 film Rocky Two, and the second in the franchise to be directed by Stallone. I can't believe he directed. The film features this. returning co-stars. He, yeah, he was like, let's do it. I, I think I like he made Rocky one. Two. He was like, never mind, I'm the director. Actually, <laughs> Did he mean that? I'm the director. <laughs> the film features but returning <laughs> The film features returning co-stars Carl Weathers, Burgess Meredith, Talia Shire, Burt Young, and mark the feature film debuts of both Mr. T and professional wrestler Hulk Hogan. So join us today as we search for the eye of the tiger in Rocky Three. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Good music. Do you guys 
do you guys have any early impressions of Rocky Three as as youths? Yeah, I know. I guess the statue. I mean, it moved in our lifetime. We've watched it moved around from the Spectrum to the to the art museum back and forth, and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody wants it. You nobody wants the Spectrum, it. and like, um, and then people make fun of. I don't know. It's I guess, I guess I didn't realize how there's a bunch of iconic things from Rocky Three, um, and Beerman kind of like pitched this a while ago to both of us that uh, it's a it's the superior Rocky and. Uh, I don't know. I kind of believe him. Well, it's my favorite. I think the first one's the best one. It's though. the Rocky of Rockies. Uh, yeah, I think, I, as I remember it, even Bierman pitched the whole project uh, to us, this whole idea of rewatching the Rockies based on the idea of revisiting Rocky Three, Just specifically for this. So, so. you know, this... Everything else was, yeah. was... It may not be this, the climax of the Rocky series, but this is definitely the proof of concept uh, for Bierman's idea. Best Rocky. Uh, this is a Rocky film that I have seen the least amount of times. I feel like it was never on TV. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't. I don't know. But uh, even uh, our VHS box set as a kid, uh, you know, I mentioned everyone had a copy of the Rocky franchise, the five Rocky movies on VHS. And as a kid, ours was actually missing Rocky three for some reason. It was just the middle of the spine, Rocky's face, gone. So uh, I remember liking it, but most of the details are lost on me. I just... Uh, I guess I didn't realize... I just didn't remember it. I mean, as we're, we're in our late 30s, pushing 40, I guess I never... <laughs> Mr. T was always famous. <laughs> we're in our late 20s, 30s, 30s, 40s, 40s. We're in our 40s. Pushing 40s, pushing 40. Uh, Mr. T was always famous. I mean, even in like Pee Wee Herman, he's eating Mr. T cereal, you know, like... yes. Mr. T has always been a famous person. I guess it would have been pretty wild to see Mr. T for the first time. Yeah, I always thought I always thought this one was my favorite. And then I was like, is it my favorite when watching it? And I, I think it is. I, 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 like it's, uh, There's also a lot of wrestling. In it. <laughs> yeah, there is. There is a lot of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> there's a whole digression. The Miz, the, 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 the Thunderlip stuff was longer of a sequence than I thought it was, and uh, you can take it out of you can you can completely take that out of the out of the movie, and it doesn't. I kind of thought it, if uh, the way I remembered it was it was the very beginning of the movie. I don't know why, but I don't, I I expect it when the movie started and I hit you know play. I expected to see the first thing to be the fight with Thunderlips. You meet Rocky and he's at the charity contest because you because the first twenty minutes is Rocky two. <laughs> It's a blur. They are blurring your memory. It's some sort of KGB trick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a slippery slope. It's true. You have seen Rocky three many times. You just don't realize it. I guess you're right. Wow. Yeah. They, they yeah. like winter soldiered me. I, I, I didn't realize it. <laughs> uh, for anyone who isn't familiar with the plot, here's the blurb from the back of the VHS. Uh, having become the world heavyweight champion, former working-class boxer Rocky Balboa is rich and famous beyond his wildest dreams, which has made him lazy and overconfident. In a double whammy, he loses his trainer and father fig- figure Mickey and then has his title stolen by the arrogant, menacing challenger Clubber Lang. I don't know about stolen. He, he lost. Turning uh, to his former adversary Apollo Creed for help, Rocky struggles to get his old fire back. And that is the plot to Rocky three. You just jump into it. I don't know. There's a lot to say there. Um, Rocky two redone. 
but a little better. I, I like this better. Yeah, I just <laughs> I I feel like you could have even edged out Rocky two altogether and jumped right into this one. Um, uh, this was a much. Uh, there's a lot of no. He he had to beat Apollo. There's I I don't know. Does he? I mean, I, I it's like he's famous yeah. just for getting in the ring with him and and fighting him to a draw or whatever. Yeah, but he's got to beat him. I guess I I I after I like seeing them be friends. The first so Rocky, much. they always give the people what they want. They always do it. That's it. Yeah, this is just how it is. And I never believe that Rocky can beat the person he's going to fight against. There's just like <laughs> no way he could beat Apollo Creed, and there's no way he could beat him again. There's no way he could beat Mr. T. There's no way he could beat Ivan Drago. They really sell you on it. I don't know. There's just like. Every time, like I'm like, there's just, like, there's no way this guy could do this. Like, it's it's impossible. Mr. T would rip his head off. I I agree. I I also think that uh, the adversaries in these movies are it's too soon really to talk well about cast. his hair. All right. Um. So uh, let's talk about the cast a little bit. Everyone wanted to see the main cast return, and so they found reasons for Carl Weathers and Burt Young to return. Uh, that meant the most important casting choices would be Rocky's next opponent, and for the role of Clubber Lang, two real world class heavyweight boxers were first considered Joe Frazier and Ernie Shavers. Uh, both were see Joe Frazier was Joe Frazier was in the first one. So yeah. that wouldn't make any Would've sense. Broke the now he's a different person. A lot of these don't make any sense. Yeah. And it's like, oh, uh, now I'm, what? I'm Bo Frazier. I'm different. I'm Bo Frazier. <laughs> His evil twin brother. He has a, he has a, like Spock. He's got he's a, he's got a go. like Spock. <laughs> Uh, both boxers were about the same height as Sylvester Stallone and had the powerful physique he was looking for, but according to the casting director, Rhonda Young, Frazier had a stuttering problem while Shavers had a high-pitched voice, which would have undermined the character's menacing presence. Uh, a high-pitched, high-pitched voice. voice? Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> All right. that's, what, that's what Rhonda Young said. David Ruffin? <laughs> Uh, so this next part is lifted directly from the wiki. I'm not sure I fully understand the context, but um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read it as it is. After looking far and wide, even going to prisons in the hopes of finding a suitable black antagonist, Rhonda Young stumbled upon a television program on NBC, America's Toughest Bouncer, showcasing a sports competition uh, among among bouncers, and she was mesmerized by the winner's physical prowess as well as his charisma. She then called the producer, Dan Allmeyer, to ask him about, quote, the man with the mohawk, end quote. And it turned out that not only uh, was Mr. T perfect uh, for the role, but he also proved tremendously determined to give the best possible performance right from the first screen test uh, for what uh, would be his breakout role. This is what uh, this is where America met Mr. T. Yeah. Can you imagine door guy? Mr. T, you're going to like, like the triangle or something? Or... <laughs> hey, fool. Hey, fool. Uh, here's my ID. <laughs> you ain't starting no shit. He Sorry, was Muhammad I, Ali's bodyguard. Like, just... he was Ali's bodyguard. That's how much of a badass Mr. T was. He he protected Muhammad Ali from people. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure. Sh- this may have been America's introduction to Mr. T, but I think the first time I learned who Mr. T was, was probably from uh, his cartoon series, his Scooby-Doo knockoff cartoon series, where he his solved mysteries series. with a bunch of teenagers. 
Yes, yes, that's where I. Yeah. No, I remember this card today. I haven't thought about it so long. <laughs> when there were a dog too, there was a dog. Right? I'm almost positive there was. Yeah, and then there's I'm pretty a there's sure a there was like a funny dog. There's an Adult Swim parody <laughs> of this with uh, Mike Tyson and uh, Norm Macdonald plays, yeah. plays a pigeon, and they they solve mysteries together as well. No, but Tyson I remember mysteries. the Mr. T one. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, there was a lot of Mr. T when we were kids. I'm he was a cultural phenomenon. Uh, yeah. Hey, remember the 80s? A lot of Mr. T. A lot of Mr. Lot. T. I mean, and I'm a huge A-Team fan as well. Mr. T, the best part of A-Team, you know? Right. Uh, so B.A. Baracus. I think, I think when I finally got around to seeing Rocky Three, I was like, Mr. T's in this one? You know, like, being ex- more excited to, Didn't you know. Didn't Dennis have that GPS with him, too? Yes, he had a GPS with Mr. Like, T's voice in it. <laughs> <laughs> Turn left, fool. Yeah, bear right. Arr. Yeah, it was like growl. Oh wow, that would get annoying real quick though. Uh, no. <laughs> Mr. T is just the best. Yeah, he is. Mr. T is great. He's, he's great. He's great in this. Honestly, the, yeah. I was reading about the movie, and and so there's the golden raspberries, which is like it's like the a parody of the Oscar. It's like the worst. Of movies, yeah, and he was nominated as worst new star. It's like what? crazy. That's, he's, that's, just, that's, he's fucking great. That uh, that shows you how much they how much they know. He's great in this movie. He's great. What are the critics now? Uh, in preparation for the film, Stallone claims to have got his body fat percentage down to his all time low of two point six percent and weighed one hundred and fifty five pounds. He stated that he ate only ten egg whites and a piece of toast a day, having a fruit every third day. Uh, his training consisted of a two. <laughs> Yo, I hope he's not listening to this because I think he looks real weird in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to talk about it, but his training consisted of a two-mile jog in the morning, followed by two hours of weight training, a nap during the afternoon, followed by eighteen rounds of sparring, another weight training session, and he finished the day with a swim. And I think he looks super thin in this movie. I think he looks really slim. I, uh, I I'm a hundred. I, I... I I I do all. Well, I I take a nap during the afternoon. I don't do the <laughs> other stuff, but I do that part. So we got that in common. I don't look like that. It, it must be tough if you get known for being really good shape. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like like oh, I come to this guy for t-shirts. I come to this guy for being really great shape, and so he's just got to be always like you know buff. Yeah. I see the pressure. It's the third round. Third time. Of this, I mean, it just it, to learn that he was 155 pounds really blew me away. I, I'm a, only a, I'm 140 pounds, and according to IMDb, Stallone and I are the same height. So he has 15 pounds of muscle on me, and he hardly looks like a heavyweight. He, they have him next to Hulk Hogan and maybe Mr. He's, T. Maybe he's exaggerating. I think he looks. I think I don't think he looks like a boxer. I don't know. In this he's shredded though. I mean, he's shredded. You can see his abs. Yeah. But uh, no, I don't think he looks like a in the. In the first movie, he looks like a brawler, and in the second movie, he got in shape so he could look, you know, like he could stand up against Apollo Creed. But I don't think he, I don't think it looks right in this movie. Yeah, not for nothing. But they have his like his footprints over what a Pat stakes, and you can put your foot next to it. He's got little tiny feet. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just saying, or is it the art museum too? You know the. These two monuments, Pat Stakes and, and the Art Museum, they have these like his foot imprints, and you could just—I'm uh, saying 
people with small feet. But I mean, how big could how tall could he be? I'm not trying to body shame. I'm I'm just saying it's pretty. It's it's just a choice to be that size and cut down the weight to 155 when you had been so much beefier in the other movies. Um, I think his hair looks weird in this movie too, and uh, there's a lot of like, I think there's a lot of like, well, I think a lot of people see you and it must have like a. a it, and have a lot of opinions, you know, and I'm he's sure it's going to affect. Well, Rocky started moisturizing uh, through these movies, so he's, he looks better now. Yeah, well, I mean, well, he's got money, so. And the movie is such a, like, a comment on him, too, of, like, Rocky, like, lost his hunger and has given up, or, or, or he's, like, too soft these days, you know? Like, is it about him? You know, I read a really thing that Stallone said that that he, he was inspired by that, that, like, like he took some of that. Because now he was famous, and now he knew what it was like, and he took some of that and used it. Yeah, I mean, what do you think Craft Service looked like on the original Rocky movie, and what it looked like on the third Rocky movie? Here's some tasty cakes. <laughs> Watching it, I don't think they shot in Philly that much in that movie, and I kind of think uh, uh, I uh, reasons to just shoot more of it in L.A. than shoot in Philadelphia. I mean, they shot the statue scene, but it looks like it's just like that. Uh, maybe the film's most important contribution to pop culture is its theme song, Eye of the Tiger, written by survivor guitarist Frankie Sullivan and keyboardist Jim Petrick. Uh, it was recorded at the request of Rocky th- of the Rocky Three star writer and director Sylvester Stallone after Queen denied him permission to use Another One Bites the Dust. The Stone Stallone, the song Stallone had intended as Rocky Three's theme. They were theme like, originally. too campy. <laughs> yeah, Freddie Mercury's like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> No, nah, this is a little, it's a little much. Too silly for us. <laughs> too, too camp. <laughs> too camp. camp. Uh, the version of the song that appears in the film is the demo version of the song. The film version also contained Tiger Growls, which did not appear on the album version. It gained tremendous MTV <laughs> it, uh, to its own detriment. That's the opinion. podcast needs more more Tiger Growls. The, <laughs> watching the movie, there's all there. There's like this extended. Like like parts that they just kind of looks like they just kind of like looped dropped it. in there, looped in, and uh, they're kind of weird to be honest. The song gained tremendous MTV and radio airplay and topped the charts worldwide in 1982. In the United States, it hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart for six consecutive weeks and was the number two single of 1982 behind Olivia Newton-John's "Physical." Both great songs. All these songs, all these songs about working out. Yeah, working we're getting out in shape. Real- Working out was real yeah. big in the 80s. 1982 was all about fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song... Leotards. Uh, the song titled uh, You're the Best, performed by Joe Esposito, was recorded for the film, but Stallone rejected it in favor of Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. You're the Best was later used in The Karate Kid, 1984. Coincidentally, Survivor also performed the theme song The Moment of Truth for The Karate Kid. So Survivor's Wait, all over... Wait, which Karate Kid... The 1984 Karate Kid. Is that the original one? Yeah. There's so many things that are the same about that movie and these movies. Those movies and these movies. Those and these. These and those. It's just... Uh, it's it's Rocky for, for West Coast Rocky Karate for Kids. Yeah. <laughs> Karate Rocky. Karate Rocky. They should have just called it that. 
Uh, this is probably a good spot to uh, start going through the movie, uh, as we did in previous episodes. Uh, Beerman has taken uh, extensive notes, and uh, we yes, will uh, too extensive. interject as we go to uh, make comments and observations about the movie. Lots to say about Rocky III. Um, Whenever you're ready, Beerman. Starts with the yellow logo, like the yellow, like the uh, not the first one, but the second one, right? Yes. The Italian Stallion colors. Rocky three. Then they show the the ten count from this from the last one, and Rocky winning. Him saying, "Yo, Adrian, I did it." Uh, in case you didn't see the the second one, this is the last couple minutes. I want to make a comment here. The first image of the movie is the uh, isn't is uh, is the belt. It's the the championship belt that Rocky wears. Uh, yeah. The music is great too. It is, but in the first the, movie, like, fanfare. Uh, yeah, in the first movie, the first image we see though is uh, is Christ looking down on the the fighters, and it pans out to the to the fight ring. And I wonder if there is something symbolic here about uh, Christ being replaced with the uh, the belt as the first image of the movie, and that being like Rocky's new god. Like this is what success looks like to him. <laughs> I, don't know I wonder if it's intentional. Golden golden calf. Golden, golden calf. calf. Yeah, golden calf stuff. But he prays throughout the movie, though. I don't know. He doesn't go not to... All, not all religious people are uh, praying to the right God. That's right. That's right, Trove. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh-huh. Get out of my father's temple. <laughs> uh, so the so Eye of the Tiger starts, and this is like a... The movie starts with a montage, and there's like so much to unpack. There's so much there's in this so montage. There's so much going on. It's two montages. It's a montage of the end of the second film, and now it's a montage of what happened after the second film. Then yes. what happened? So yeah. I tried to get it all of this. So it's um, Rocky. Rocky's now is champion, and he's like fighting all these people. He's running through all these. Now isn't he? Isn't he like more beat up than ever? And you would think so, but yeah, he's like great. Well, they kind of explain why he's like pounding on these people sure they're bums right they're not bums they're not tomato <laughs> cans but, they're hand-picked but bums they're hand-picked. so this blew my mind so i wrote down like the different people so he fights big yank uh, big yank ball at uh caesar's and it says that right that guy was rocky's sparring partner in like or stallone's <laughs> starring partner sparring partner so oh. he's actually in the movie and this blew my mind it says joe zach at Radio City, he's fighting, and I didn't put this together. I was looking up the trivia. Jurgens in the first one when they're looking through the book of like people to fight, the guy oh, Jurgens, yeah. the promoter, he's like Joe Zach's a good prospect, and now he's fighting Joe Joe Zach, which is like that's oh, like that nice that's real comer. That yeah, that's real cool. That's that cinematic program. universal cohesion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's the third one, so it sets up with. Clubber Lang is like he's in the crowd watching these fights and he's in disgust of Rocky. Why can we get why is he so mad? Why is he so mad? He's just like he's like, what is like he's like they disgusted by this. Because he knows they're hand picked fighters. He said he said like he's disgusted that he he's the best in the world and he's he's fighting these these bums. Uh and then Paulie is drinking and judging from the crowd, so that sets up his attitude of the in the movie 
Some of those shots of Paulie getting drunk watching Rocky's success are comical. They are, they are, yeah. They're just like mugging. They're really funny. So it's a montage of like he's on all these magazine covers and newspapers, and then he's he's in commercials with Trove Utah. I wrote this down too, and that now he's good at. I was like he. I was like a plot point of the second one that he couldn't read copy, and now he can. He must have taken well, an acting and it's class. Like, well, yeah. then he didn't. He didn't need to do all of that. Well, That's... his wife was teaching him how to read. Remember, he was reading those no. erotic novels in bed. Uh, That's right. They were reading those erotic novels. I guess he got better at it. I'll, I'll buy that. Uh, maybe it was a better director. I, I do want to stop and pause to uh, <laughs> to take note of the the different magazine covers. They do another copy of. They do another. Uh, copy a Tempo magazine with Rocky on the cover. Oh, the fake ti- the, the fake, fake time. Yeah, so they're like, oh, we we here's our fake time magazine or whatever. <laughs> but they have the they then they do then they have Rocky on the cover of Newsweek and People magazine, and not G- f- GQ and GQ. And, yeah. So so was Time magazine the only holdout, or were they obeying the the? They again, didn't have an art department to put that together. I don't know. They they established Tempo then magazine, so now Tempo. Right? Are they, is, is this the, a callback? Is he like, no, it can't world. be Time magazine yeah. because we already did Tempo. No, I only, I'm a Tempo man. <laughs> There's, I don't know why some things matter in their. Right, right. Why are something? Why are some things in their continuity important? And some of them are not. I don't know. It's it's really, but it jumped right out at me. It was like Newsweek, People, Tempo. Yeah. So Rocky's doing telethons. There's a quick shot. It's I had to. It's like I never noticed this before. It's like two. It's literally two seconds, but it's Christmas time. And it's Mickey dressed as Santa Claus, and he's dancing. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Uh, and then, and then it shows like when that he meets Reagan. Rocky got a motorcycle for Christmas, and it's fucking in the house. There's a motorcycle in the house. <laughs> um, there's all this Rocky merch. There's Rocky Crunch Punch bars, like candy bars. There's like mugs. Yes. He's got. Uh, it's him on the Muppet Show, which he did host. And I read that they had Jim Henson like redo his line. So instead of saying, "Our host tonight, Sylvester Stallone," he goes, "Rocky Balboa." So they got Jim Henson to do that. Apparently, um, so I don't even I don't remember that dialogue appearing in the movie. Was that just so that the you could read Kermit's lips? I don't I think it's just like in the in the background, like it, you can kind of hear it when they show the clip. And then it's him at the Oscars. It's a, a, a real clip of. Stallone at the Oscars. Mickey's watching. Then it's a Clubber Lang beating the shit out of people. And Mickey's in the crowd watching with binoculars because I guess his eyes aren't good. Uh, and there's he, like he a side. Cheap seats. There's a side by side thing of like Rocky signing autographs and he's like a star. And like then it's Clubber Lang just in a empty room just like training and like sweating. And it just shows you like he's hungry and Rocky's like. Rocky's a star now. The eye, the eye of the tiger. So then it's Rocky with Bob Hope and Gerald Ford. Then there's a picture Sorry. of him with Jimmy Carter, and then there's a picture of him with Reagan. He met all three presidents, <laughs> but just like Homer Simpson. <laughs> uh, so Rocky went to the White House then, right? Probably a couple well, times. He went to an event where all these presidents. I like to think that he went to the White House and he like broke something. <laughs> he broke something. Um, then it's, it, again, this is all the f- same montage. 
Notably, no Nixon. They skipped right over Nixon, though. He was around. No, no. Nixon's on a. Nixon's on. Nixon was a Puerto Rico fan. <laughs> <laughs> he would be. Uh, it's Rocky and Adrian rolling around in grass when they're kissing, and then like Clubber Lang is just murdering somebody. So they're really driving that home of just like uh, he punches a dude, he falls outside the ropes, and he's posing like that Ali picture. Um, he's yelling at Mickey that Rocky's scared. So that's the end of the montage. They're interviewing uh, Clover on TV. He says, I live alone. I train alone. I'll win the title alone. And Paulie's in a dive bar smoking. Um, they mentioned that Clover Lang's also a Southpaw, which is interesting that they're both Southpaws. Yeah, but I don't think anything ever comes of it. No, but I guess it's just like Rocky doesn't have the advantage of like uh, surprising them. I don't know. But we learned, Rocky learned how to switch it up in the last movie, right? I mean, yeah. so yeah. I don't know. It would have been, if, if they were like, oh, he switches it up as well, it would mean that it negated Rocky's advantage, but. Yeah. I think they call it going both ways. Yep. That's what that means. That's what they, that's what they, that's what they call it. That's what that means. If you ever hear anyone say that, that's what they call it. If you hear anyone say that. Uh, and on TV, they mentioned that. Rocky's going to fight the wrestling champion for charity, uh, which comes back later. So Paulie's drunk and he's leaving. The bartender's like, hey, give Rocky my best. And Paulie's like, I haven't come in here for years. Well, why don't you, when are you going to give me your best? And someone else says, hey, if you see Rocky, tell him the boys say hey. <laughs> so then Paulie's like drunk. There's like creepy harm- harmonica music. There's like sirens going off. It's like he's like disoriented. Because he's fucked up. This scene is great. This scene is great. He goes to he goes to the arcade, uh, and he's like laughing. He's like loving it. He and it's cool just to see an arcade from from back in from that time. Yeah, it looks like it. It looks like it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's in Philadelphia. Like Trove said, all this stuff kind of looks like it was shot in L.A. But I know there used to be like arcades and things like that in the concourse. So maybe I don't know. Uh, so then he sees. Rocky pinball, and he yeah, like, and we talked about how yeah, I don't know if this it was, was a real pinball or was it made yeah, for the movie. I heard that there was a real Rocky pinball machine, but this wasn't it. But then I also read that this was it, so I'm not sure. It looks hand painted, if you ask me. They could have modified it or whatever for the movie. It looks awesome. I want to play. Yeah, it looks it. awesome. Yeah, I love. Pinball. What are you gonna get for the office? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no pinball, yes. no ping pong. Yep. We, there's a rule. Just one pinball machine. That's one Ninja Turtle. Yeah. The the four-player Ninja Just Turtle. The, the, <laughs> I said one game. <laughs> a DDR. I mean, if you're... <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could dance. Right, with, oh, two, with, with two pads, right, you so you can play against each game. other. <laughs> yeah. It's head-to-head. They were sweating. Getting no work done. <laughs> Uh, so Rock, so Paulie, he like takes out his bottle and he drinks it and he fucking just <laughs> throws a strike through this glass. He breaks it. Then like the music gets like real weird and disorienting. This scene is, it's a scene is great. Yeah. It's like a horror movie. It's a, uh, it's Paulie's yeah. descent into madness. It's like showing how Paulie sees the world, which is like really scary. He was in the Navy. 
Yeah. Probably he's probably seen some some wild monsters some and mermaids. Yeah. He was in the uh did we did we make this joke that he was on the uh he was in the Philadelphia experiment? Did we ever do that <laughs> joke? <laughs> I don't think so. No. Maybe so, that's what drove him the drink. He's he, That's he why he's so messed anybody. up. Yeah. Yeah. He got uh he he, he got turned uh, on the SS Eldridge. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds right to me. Check out the archives. Listen to the Philadelphia Experiment episode of the podcast. We had a we had a we had a uh, a quick boat phase on our <laughs> on our podcast. Everyone goes through a boat phase. We're just really in the schooner. Yeah, <laughs> I say I say we get to bring that back. I love the boat episodes. Anyway, so Rocky bails him out of jail. Paulie's in jail, and uh, Rocky's so good to Paulie. Yes, he's too Paulie's good. nothing but he's uh, too good to him. Terrible back to him. So this scene is great. So it's like they're in the parking garage, and uh, and Paulie's like, "What? You want me to say I owe you?" And Rocky's like, "No, you don't owe me nothing." And Paulie says, "Me and my sister used to be tight before you." And Rocky tells her that she doesn't know about this, so because he's not trying to upset her. And Paulie says, "You and her can go to hell." <laughs> uh, Rocky says, "Watch your mouth." Uh, and then Paulie says, in three years, you never got me the job. You never got me a job. He's like, you want to whack me? I don't sweat you. And she says, you're the one that's not has your head on right. He starts complaining. Right? And he, he, he he's like, all you ever gave me is this X-Lax watch. And he throws it on the ground. And Rocky goes to pick it up, and Paulie kicks it. He's like, leave it. You never cup good time anyway. He's just being a complete asshole. He's 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 asking to get beat up. He's dying. It's like yes, he wants yeah. Rocky to beat him to death right then. Uh, he says you forget. He says you forget when you were a punk and those guys used to laugh at you because you were so jive. Who used to whack those bums out? And Rocky says they were laughing at both of us. Paulie says nobody laughed at me. Who fixed you up with your first woman? And Rocky says she was pregnant. <laughs> uh, uh, so Paulie's complaining. He he says. You bought. <laughs> he's like, you bought a new house and you moved Mickey and you never asked me. And so I guess like Mickey, they they moved Mickey in the better train. Yeah, into their ma- and you know that mansion. You you know that Adrian was like, don't ask Paulie. I don't want Paulie living here. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, even Paulie's like, oh, I had a good thing going on, and it's like you treated Adrian horribly. Yeah, yeah, and she hated you. She hated you. He's <laughs> she like, hates you. you. Like, and that was we great. Used to, <laughs> we used to be close. This is the guy who was like, I want to split her head open with a razor. Yeah, he's like, I, I you were holding her hostage. Can you believe she doesn't like that? <laughs> yeah. Rocky gives him like, he gives him this. Like speech, he says, like you, you talk like everybody owes you a living. Nobody owes nobody nothing. You owe yourself. He's like, and and Paulie says, friends owe. He says, friends don't owe. They do because they want to do. And then Paulie says, you know, you've been keeping me down. And then Rocky just like, Rocky tears into him as nice as possible. He's like, you're a crazy, you're like a crazy brother to me. He says, this is coming from the heart. You ain't down and you ain't a loser. You're just a jealous, lazy bum. Yeah. Paulie, right to Paulie, right to the heart, right to the heart. Yeah, and Paulie snaps. He starts swinging at him, and Rocky ducks. He doesn't punch him back. He's just ducking. And uh, he's a professional. He's a heavyweight champion of the world. I mean, yeah. he, he literally killed this guy. Yeah, yeah. Paulie's and, dude. Paulie's the worst man. Paulie's such. He's like they amped up. How I mean, I don't know if they amped up. He's pretty terrible throughout all of them. But he's he's extra terrible later in the movie. 
so he needed to be told as, off. As, yeah, and as he's like punching Rocky, he says, "Can I have a job?" <laughs> <laughs> and Rocky says, "All you had to do was ask." All you had to do was ask. Yeah. Oh, Rocky! Uh, some, people people, some people don't know how to how to talk about their feelings. You know? Yes. I think I mean Rocky's Rocky goes soft so fast because he just wants everything to be okay again. He does, he wants nobody's feelings to be hurt. He Rocky wants to just go home yeah. and everything be fine. But like that didn't solve anything. You know what I mean? He, he his assessment of Paulie is a hundred percent correct. He'll he'll keep behaving the way he's behaving because he's a bum. He's a jealous bum. I think, think Paulie just needs to talk about his feelings a little more. Yeah, he needs a therapist. I agree. He definitely does. But uh, and then uh, Rocky says, you know, you you punch pretty good. He's like, really? Oh, superb. Uh, there's not enough Rocky being funny, but uh, like being stupid and silly and funny. But the times he is in this movie is, is really funny. I wrote them down. So he's in bed with uh, Adrian and she's like, you're really going to fight that wrestler? And he's like, yeah, it'll be fun. It's for charity. And they sing Take Me Back, the uh, Frank Stallone movie from song from the last movie which is like there's like three different versions of that same song in this movie. <laughs> they sing that people song. People love it. Yeah. People love it. It's a crowd pleaser. Uh, yeah. So this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. So he fights he's going to fight Thunderlips. So I I think this is based on Muhammad Ali fought Antonio Inoki who's like a huge hugely famous wrestler in uh or yeah wrestler in japan and they fought in japan and that was like the start of mma really that was like a precursor to mma but that was a big deal so that happened in japan but they did shows in america where they would broadcast it and they did one at chase stadium where chuck wepner who rocky is kind of based on fought andre the giant at the same show and andre the giant threw him out of the ropes like rocky gets thrown out so I'm not sure if uh, if it was based on that or the Inoki fight or both of them. Oh, definitely. Um, and uh, Stallone took everything from this man. Yes. Yeah, he, he took Chuck Wepner's <laughs> DNA and made a career out of it. He made a copy of Social Security number too. <laughs> not, not for nothing. Give him a break. <laughs> the uh, ref here is the legendary ref Johnny Red Shoes Duggan. Who wears red shoes? There's another ref in New Japan who wears red shoes because of him. Uh, that was a real ref. That was pretty cool. Uh, Rocky's son's in the crowd. He's like, the, his son is like, how old would you say? He's like five or six now, something like that. Yeah. Or he's pro. Well, I guess he's. I'm gonna say six, six to eight because he's asking questions. He's like interacting. He's. But he would be like four. He would be like four, yeah. though, right? Yeah. Or three. Yeah. Three. But. Time doesn't work. Time works different in these movies, as we will see in the fourth and fifth one. That's why. Why do they care about continuity so much? And then sometimes they just don't care. Yeah, it, it's really arbitrary. Why? It's it's why are they? But it's why really is it? Why is it more important than anything? And then it's not important at all. Mickey is disgusted that Rocky's doing this. He said, "I've seen wrestlers bigger than dinosaurs. Do you ever fight a dinosaur?" And Rocky goes, "No, not lately." They can cause a variety of damage. <laughs> uh, so, like, the announcers are talking, it's for charity. You know, it's uh, Mickey's like, nobody else does this much for charity. And Rocky says, Bob Hope would. And he's like, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's a little shout out to Bob Hope. Yeah, because he took his picture with him. Now he's friends with him. And Paulie says, you better call Bob Hope as Thunderlips is 
walking down. Hulk Hogan is, and they're like, "Why are they carrying him?" And he like he's walking because he's fucking huge. So Thunderlips gets in the ring. He's got a white hat. He's they call Dude, he's him, so funny. They call him the molt the mountain of molten lust. <laughs> Thunderlips uh, is the best yeah. character in the whole Rocky the ul- franchise. He's the best. So, uh, the ultimate male. <laughs> yeah. So I don't even. I didn't even write this down because I. I know this word for word. He go. He. You know it by heart. I you know. I. He, he to write this part down. <laughs> he, he goes. Thunderlip to all my love slaves out there. Thunderlips is here in the flesh, baby. <laughs> the ultimate male versus the ultimate meatball. Me. Meatball. <laughs> Dude, and then, and then he tells he goes he goes to the audience. He says, "All you people are trash." Yeah, he's yelling about <laughs> so. So this was before, this was before like Hulk Hogan was like Hulk Hogan the the Hulkamania. This was like Ugh. so he he was actually a a heel back back in, around this time. This was a minute um, before he got famous because he he had just uh, fought Andre the Giant uh, on TV and and lifted him up and. That uh, that had just happened. That was that that was years later. That's Hulkamania. Really? Because he said in a. Are you sure? Because he said in an interview that that that's how he got the job. Well, yes. So I looked into that. Hulk Hogan is notoriously he just bullshits everything he says. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, So okay. (laughs) I looked into how he got the job. What about the pythons? Well, the pythons are real. (laughs) <laughs> the pythons. That's that's not. I'm just lot. asking questions. I'm just asking questions. So I looked into how he got actually got the job, and 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 Terry Funk, who was actually friends with Stallone, and is in Paradise Alley, and he's in Over the Top. So I believe this. He said that he, um, um, said that uh, Hogan should be in it, and and apparently he also asked Bill Apter, who was like a wrestling magazine editor, who he should be. Who should be in it? And they both said Hulk, so I'm pretty sure that's why. But yeah, Hulk Hogan said that. Hulk Hogan said that R- Stallone saw him at Madison Square Garden and he beat up three people, and then it just bullshit that never happened. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, why is Hogan not the uh, the the main antagonist then? Why, if if uh, everyone's like Hogan's got to be in the movie, Hogan's got to be in the movie. Why can't he just be a boxer in the there's movie? There's like there's like a plot. There's like a there's like a point that it had to be like a like a black. Antagonist. It seems that way, right? Yes. Which that is was like a. The there's definitely a. That's definitely a boxing thing of just like the great white hope and all that bullshit. Oh, you think like, it's part so, of that? Well, all right. I don't well, know. Like that they Mr. Always, T, like when they were trying to find Mr. T, they were trying to find someone to fit like the role as that. Like, I don't know. That's a plot point. Yeah, and I at first I Which thought weird, like right? I thought. <laughs> You know, we'll get more into it, I guess, as we talk about Mr. T. But, like, I thought, is Mr. T supposed to be political? Because, like, what is he so, what is he angry about? And why does, why is Rocky being a phony or, or whatever uh, offend him so much? They never really get into it. Um, I, I felt like I was missing a reference. So, I don't know. I would have liked so, to have seen Hulk Hogan as the, as the main antagonist. In the novelization, they, like, flesh out. Clever Lang's backstory where they said he was in prison for years and that's how he started boxing and like or his his parents abandoned him when he was young. So we got to get the novelization of Rocky 3. They flesh out all the Um mm-hmm. maybe I'll uh, listen to the library to it. for the library. It's as big as War and Peace. It's I'm going to I'm going to listen to it on Audible. <laughs> I'm, I don't have time for that. <laughs> it's actually read by Mr. T. It's uh, the Mr. It's T right. reads it. <laughs> Bear right. <laughs> uh, so 
Rocky's going into this is just like, oh, it'll be fun. It's fake, you know. And he's like, how about we get a Polaroid after? And and Thunderlips growls at him. And uh, so the the it starts, and Rocky's like, hey, how about? He's like, oh, Mickey tells him he's like, stay away, make faces, move around the ring. <laughs> he says, make faces. Make faces. He knows like, faces, it's like yeah. it's supposed to be real. So this is what Mickey thinks wrestling is. So. Rocky's like, hey, I chase you, you chase me, and, and you know, we'll just have fun. And Thunderlips beats the shit out of him. He, he shoots on him. He, like, and he's like, think it's all fake, meatball. He body slams him. He gives him backbreaker. He goes to pin him, and then he pulls him up, the, the ultimate heel move where he's like, he could have he could have won, but he's like, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not Don't. done. <laughs> the ultimate heel move. Yeah. He drops the leg, which is, became his finisher. He Vertical suplex, elbow drop. He throws Rocky into the ground. <laughs> and when Rocky um, comes back, he doesn't have his boxing gloves on anymore. He he, he takes off his boxing gloves. And you hear he's... him say, cut off my gloves. Yeah, he, you hear he, the yeah, line. He's, he says, cut off my gloves. And, and Paulie pulls out a switchblade immediately. And like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paulie just had a switchblade on him. Um, so so Thunderlips is like punching cops. He's like Bruiser Brody. He's punching fans, dude. He's scaring everybody away. And then Mickey is in the corner. He's, like, clutching his chest. People are throwing stuff in the ring and all. Um, That's what you call foreshadowing. Yeah, so he's, like, he's hurt. Paulie breaks a, a damn chair, a wooden chair over Thunderlips' back, which I get should have been, it should have been a DQ. I don't know if the, maybe the refs didn't see it, but that that that, that should have been a DQ. That's that's just, that was. That's Paulie and, earning that paycheck. And it does not help. It does not hurt Thunderlips. Um, but he is, as he's chasing Pauly, Rocky jumps on Thunderlips and chokes him out. He, he finally gets him to the ground. And as he's choking him out, I guess there was, I guess it's only like a five minute time on the draw. They ring the bell and it's, then he's like, Hey, can we get that picture? And he's like, Oh, sure. Like Thunderlips is nice now. And he says, well, you like, know, it implies that the fakeness is that they don't like each other, but the fight is real. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it, it, it I definitely keeps, like that about it. It keeps what's it what's it called? Yeah, like, um, it, kfab, like, kfab. Is it? Yeah, it keeps kfab like by like no, it, it is real. Like yeah, it, it, he is really hurting each other. They, they are like it's like yeah, it's fake, but it's not. They're beating the shit out of each other, which is interesting because they protected uh, wrestling still back. Yeah, time. and it's also because like it's like we're pulling the curtain back. You're behind the scenes with. Yeah, Rocky and and <laughs> Mickey. Uh, yeah, and it's like it's all showbiz, and so whatever it is, what it is, um, it's a fine line they walk. Yeah, it's interesting. So Hulk Hogan says that um, WWE Vince McMahon Senior, who owned WWF, didn't want him to do the movie, and he was like, "If you do this movie, uh, you're fired." And then hogan claims he was like well i'm i guess i'm fired then and like and that's why he went because he went to the awa after this i i couldn't hulk said do you it, believe so this do you think this is malarkey hulk said it so it's probably not true but i couldn't <laughs> find a uh it's like I, when people say something it's like oh that it's probably the opposite of that I, yeah. I have i have a quick question about the ringside announcer with the mustache is 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 he a real yeah. life wrestling personality yeah what's his deal i looked up the, they said that um they, he was a real boxing announcer, and he died like right after this in a car crash. Oh wow, jeez. Um, yeah. Well, he stole the show. Uh, it's hard to stand yeah, out between great. Stallone and Thunderlips, but <laughs> and, <laughs> I remember <yeah>. him. 
Yeah, he's Quite like he's like see you next year. Thank God or something like that. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like what's his other gig though that he has that mustache? Rodeo. I, uh, <laughs> Rodeo. <laughs> uh so they raised seventy five thousand dollars for charity, Thunderlips. They don't say which charity though. It's the Thunderlips no, charity. Saying. We don't we have no idea. <laughs> no, it's like then it's in that newspaper. It's like in like the Philadelphia like bulletin, but it's not the bulletin. Yeah, it's the fake <laughs> It's um, bullet tempo. It's the South Philly Bu- Review. Oh yeah, they had an exclusive. <laughs> an exclusive. Uh, they uh, so they go back to Rocky's like living in a mansion. He's got like a, a like a car. He's like driving around. That's like it's... inside of the where they live. Like not in the house, but like their their property. Like it it, it 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 is implied he's still within the Philadelphia area. So where do you think that is? Is that is that Delaware County? Is that Lower Marion? Is that uh, did, Westchester? Where do the rich Italians go? They go to South Jersey. <laughs> they go to it's Washington Township. I, I was going it, it, it's, it's Italian Graceland. The velvet flock wallpaper, the, the, the drapes. It is, it is a decadence from another time. You think he had plastic on his couches? No, he just lived, he lived it up. That's... Yeah, He's like, we don't need plastic. Don't need I'll plastic. buy a new couch. Yeah, buy a new couch. If the Pope comes over, I'll buy a new There's couch. There's just <laughs> the things that make it extra are just very funny. Um, it's their lighting and their I'm saying <laughs> different things. Uh, this is the scene. I don't know. That, hey, look, there are people spend their money in different ways. That's what Rocky would spend his money on. This is the scene where I noticed how black his hair is. I noticed that. Me too. Me too. It's so his hair looks weird. It's the shape. It's like a helmet head kind of thing, and it's so. It jumped out of me here. here. I don't know why. It jumped out of me too. Yeah. Uh, so Rocky's telling his son uh, different stories, and he's telling him Goldilocks. This was uh, I never noticed this, but he Rocky explaining Goldilocks to his son. Uh, he's like. <laughs> The, the bears thereby pull back the cover, thereby exposing her to the public. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. There's not enough of that, like just Rocky being stupid. And but but right. what, when just... it is, when it is here, it's it's really funny. Exposing her to the public. Hey, um, we need the, we need their montages. We need more yeah. montages. We don't you have enough time. Of you got a lot of hot dialogue. songs, and they need a montage. It honestly, it's crazy that it's the same. They have another movie with a, a new hit song. They're three for three at this point, yeah. right? Or iconic song. You oh, know? the fourth one has "No Easy Way Out." Was that a hit? No, song? I know, I know, but like, but but that's like, not that's not. I the Tiger was like a number two hit. You know? Oh yeah, it's a great song. Actually, that's, the lyric I should have read down the lyrics because the lyrics are the movie. Like it's, it's like you trade your passion for glory. It talks about like how like he like. He's not hungry anymore, and he has to get yeah. he has to get the eye of the tiger. Me and Joanna do it on uh, uh, you think you could dance like the video game. Oh yeah, and, it, and it's uh, <laughs> do you box? Is that one of the? It's games? like a dancing box. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a really uh, it's a great game. You got to film yourself doing it. We'll put it on Instagram. Oh, oh all right, we'll get a TikTok <laughs> account. Oh yeah. We'll, t- we'll get too many followers. We'll just take yeah, over. We'll, we'll, we'll be like Rocky. We'll have too many, too much money. 
too much money. <laughs> then you lose your passion. You exchange it for glory, and now you're not the best anymore. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it? Your velvet wallpaper. Yeah. You remember you used to? We used to make T-shirts. Best just you, skip the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Don't you got do civilized. it. Civilized. Yeah. You got civilized. You got civilized. You're right. So uh, they're going to the statue unveiling, and they tell Paulie not to take Rocky Junior horse racing. And he, <laughs> ame- as that soon as that place down on like right near the stadiums, right? Yeah, probably the it. turf club or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the wait, they don't actually have any horses, but you could just watch horse races that are like, in like Memphis. <laughs> he immediately, immediately he shows him the, uh, the uh, racing form, and he's like, "We got a problem in the seventh, so he's going to take him horse racing." Uh, so th- they're at the statue unveiling. The Lincoln High School band is playing. They're playing "Gonna Fly" now. Let's talk about it. Let's talk yeah, about it. Yeah, I was it. gonna. I wrote "Trove." This is your theory. There are several times in this movie that Rocky can hear the Rocky theme song, where they're playing it in the background. You're yeah. you're hearing it, and yeah, like why does it exist? My wife's theory is that only Rocky could hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Rocky's so punchy that that this is what he... Like, oh, the band's playing. They're playing my theme song. They're playing, like, Anchors Away or something. Yeah. But he's, like, he's here and going to fly now. Yeah. And I think that's that's Joanna's theory. And Joanna has a lot of interesting views of Rocky (laughs) 3. She's got to get... We got to get her Um, on. But it happens a couple times in the movie, so... there's a What's part. The uh, there's a part where they're later on when they when they have like the public uh, training sessions for Rocky and the band is playing it on a mandolin and Mickey's like cut that and out. The Italian band is playing. Yes, it on the mandolins. I know. It's like it's also so funny. Is like they're at the, that's when they're at the Bellevue and it's like yeah. If I had like a ton of money, I guess I, I guess I, rent out the Bellevue and train there and let everybody watch and I'll hire an Italian band to play my theme song. Going to fly now. And Mickey's like, change your tune. <laughs> he tells him, change your tune. I guess he's sick of that song because they've been playing it all day. Well, then maybe it isn't. Then maybe everyone can hear it. But. Rocky's like, make him play that song again. I think it's Rocky's theme music. He passes out the liner notes whenever he goes to an event so that the band can you play think he it. he hands out sheet music? Yeah. yeah, he hands out sheet music for everybody, yeah. There were some clams. Hey, yo, there were some clams There were some clams. Uh... So where are we? We're outside the art museum. Yeah, they're they they unveil the statue and they're Rocky and Adrian are blown away, which I would be too if there's a giant statue of me. He gives a speech and he thanks the city. He said the city it's a really beautiful statue. It is. He said the city really took him in years ago and that he said this is really hard for him. He didn't know how he was going to say this, but he thinks it's time that he's going to retire. And people are like, no, no. And then Clubber Lang is in the, he's in the audience. And he, but that's what makes it the same Rocky too. Like he was going to retire and then he just doesn't, you know? Also, why does Rocky keep taking career advice from angry crowds? Like this does not, this is not a way to build a good business plan. He wasn't planning on the, uh, retiring. Yeah, he wasn't planning on retiring. And he's like, you know what? I'm done with this. this. I'm Once you got a this. statue, what's there to do after that? What else is there? Yeah, where are you going to go? So Clubber says, because Clubber is ranked number one now, and he's like, getting out while you can. Don't give no, don't give no sucker no statue. Give him guts. They want a man like me as champion because I'm not a puppet like Rocky. And he says that uh, I'm ranked first, and Rocky's been fighting bums. He fights setups. 
which is like the first time that Rocky hears this. I guess he never thought he never of put this. it together. Yeah. So so Mickey uh, Mickey starts yelling, and then Clever he says something to Adrian. He's like, "If you come over to my apartment, I'll show you a real man." And Rocky fl- this this work. It's the ultimate heel move. It works because he was trying to get into his head. And he goes after work. his wife, yep. and, it, and it works. After his wife, yeah. Uh, so um, they, the cops break it up. They're about to fight. I think it's also an interesting choice here. Like, in the previous movies, we like Apollo Creed. He is—we get his story, and we have, like, sympathy for him, or empathy, at least, for what he's I going through in his career. I found myself rooting for Apollo Creed. <laughs> yeah, I also thought that Apollo Creed uh, had, uh, you know, decisively won that Apollo first Christmas. fight. But I, I, in this one, they don't give Mr. T an inch. This is an opportunity here at this press conference for him to say like what he believes, what Clubber Lang believes, Look, and he doesn't get to express that at all. He just makes fun of people so and angry. says crude things. He's so and, angry. Yeah, but like I, I, I feel like there's a reference. I'm not. And here's a, I don't know what this means either. Um, and Joanna pointed this out. Mr. T and Hansel from uh, from uh, Zoolander dressed the same. And <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know, like, why is that part of, of, of Mr. T's character? Is it, like, why... Just why is he so angry? Where did he come from? Why did he talk like that? I, I don't think so, Rocky can beat him, either. Well, I guess he's everything that he represents. Rocky now represents everything that he's not. He's, like, real rich, and he's he's fighting he's fighting hand-picked fighters, which Rocky doesn't know yet, but he's going to come to find out soon. But um, what's Mr. Yeah, T? Do? What's they, what's Clubber Lang doing? Fighting every anybody? He's just walking up to people and socking them in the face. He's, but, I mean, he. I don't know. He hit on Adrian, and that was just too much. So this is when so Mickey leaves and he goes back to their house, and uh, so Rocky comes in his room and he's packing his he's packing his stuff and he's like, "Where are you going?" And he's like, "I'm going on a permanent vacation." And Rocky's like, "Why are you doing this?" He said, this guy will kill you to death within three rounds. He ain't just another fighter. He's hungry. You ain't been hungry since you won that belt. And he said, I had 10 title defenses. What are you talking about? And Mickey's like, they was handpicked. They were good fighters. But they, but they all were- cared about Rocky's like health and Rocky too. Like, why do they not care anymore? Beerman? Beerman, explain know. it, Beerman. <laughs> we got to read the novel. Uh, it it jumped the out musical, at, as we were exploring as well. Zita, we'll talk about this later. Two things jumped out at me in this scene is how 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 mean Mickey is being to Rocky. He's 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 like he's telling him, "No, you're not a good fighter. These guys were all glass jaws." Like I don't know what the point of telling him that is right here. And then the other thing that's really weird to me is is that Mickey lives in a pink room with lots of chandeliers, lots of crystal chandeliers, like. It's uh, well. Did he set that up? Did was Rocky like? I got you a room with all the best chandeliers. Like I don't. I doubt Italian Graceland. (laughs) Italian Graceland. It just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. And then this is the room they choose to have this conversation in. I guess then even from a production point of view, it's like okay, this is the part where like Mickey breaks Rocky's heart. We're gonna do it in the pink room with the chandeliers. Oh great! That'll that's that sets the tone. I'm at a loss. And, and, and also, this is the room that Paulie wants. Paulie <laughs> wants to live in this room. Paulie's yeah, jealous of this. Jealous. He wants to live there. He wants to put his posters up on that wall. 
I mean, mm-hmm. Mickey didn't pick. Mickey was eating beans with the one sock on, so he, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't pick the chandelier. Listen, uh, listen to AM radio. Listen to Merrill Reese on AM radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I guess he doesn't care what it looks like. So Rocky's like, "Why did you do it?" And he said, "Because the beating you got from Apollo should have killed you, and it didn't. And it was Mickey's job to keep him winning and keep him healthy." He says, three years ago, you were supernatural, but the worst thing that can happen to any fighter happened to you, which is you got civilized, which uh, does happen to all fighters. Like, that is a common thing. MMA fighters, boxers, whatever, like, they get successful, and then, yeah, they're not as hungry, and they are they don't train as hard, or they just don't. So this is like a common thing, and now it happened to Rocky. So when they're no longer fighting for their lives, they they no longer want to hurt people. Well, I, I don't understand. No, but uh, well, that's the other thing is like he did still beat ten people. Like that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and we clearly know one's an up and comer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, okay. a real contender. A real contender. Yeah, he beat Joe Zach. He beat Bank Yank Ball. <laughs> <laughs> At Rockefeller Center. <laughs> uh, so Rocky says, I can't retire knowing this, that you've been carrying me. And he said, I haven't been carrying you. I've been protecting you. So Rocky's just like, let's just let's just fight one more time. And Mickey's just keeps saying no. And Rocky just like bugs the shit out of him. Till finally Mick, Mickey's like, it's your head. They have like a nice moment. But then... Uh, it's kind of crazy also, too, though, to me. I mean, Rocky is presented in this movie as, like, I don't know, having having come up, having gotten a little bit more world-wise, and for him to have not realized at some point that these fighters that he's fighting are not the same caliber as Apollo Creed. I mean, like, Apollo Creed almost killed him twice. And he's walking. Yeah, like, Rocky wasn't a great fighter either. Like, he, he, could, he could barely held his own in Philadelphia. Like, now he's, like, the world's greatest fighter. I feel like the script would have worked better if it was Rocky's doubts that kept him from taking the fight and Mickey who was like, we got to do it. We got to go out on top. And Mickey was like, I don't know, Mick. I know you've been protecting me. And and like that uh, flipping those motivations, I think would have or those concerns, I think would have helped here. And he uh, I mean, another thing is he doesn't know who the number one ranked boxer is. He has no idea this guy is. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you haven't been following this at all, but I guess it's they're kind of parallel paralleling. He's too busy like, hanging out with Jimmy Carter. Sp- yeah, exactly. Like Apollo smoking took him, doobies with Jimmy Carter. Apollo took him for granted <laughs> in the first one, and now he's taking he's taking everybody for granted. Yeah, well, I, I, and I do like that parallel because he's on the Muppet Show. He's too busy. So then, this is when they're at the uh, the public workout training which i think is inspired by ali because ali did that stuff where he went on the public i just think it's so funny to, like to rent out the bellevue like just like the, the reality of doing that is so outrageous <laughs> uh they're selling paulie's selling t-shirts and mugs and buttons it looks like, like a like, carnival yeah it's, it's, if uh, I, it's yeah. lit i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do my jumping jack training there and obviously to sell t-shirts outside yeah see how many he can do folks mm. 25. Mm. All right. 15. <laughs> oh, uh, not this time. Go home, everybody. Not, maybe tomorrow. Damn. <laughs> Damn. 
he's training in uh, barely because he keeps stopping to pose for pictures or he stops for a girl to kiss him, which they said, I read that that was uh, Stallone's wife, Sasha. Yeah, I read that too. Oh. Um, yeah, Adrian and, gets all like, all jealous. Yeah, all salty. Yeah. So uh, he's like, not taking this. This is the opposite of what Rocky needs is is like a band playing his theme song. So then they cut the clever Lang and he's just like scary. He's like in an empty wooden room just like doing sit ups and pull ups and shit. He he twists so hard e- eating planks of wood. He twists so hard when he's doing those sit ups. I thought he was going to break his back. He he is. Dude, he's so scary. Everything he says is scary. And there's just no way to slow that. Rocky could beat him. And true to his word, he does. He trains alone. He does it all alone. There's no corner man. There's nobody in there like, yeah, you know, counting reps for him or anything. Mm-hmm. Rocky pulls Mickey on a bike, which they do in Punch Out. Like if you ever play Punch Out, his trainer rides a. I mean, I guess that's a common thing. I looked it up. I looked it up because it might be. I thought it might be relevant to Rocky Three, but um, on. Uh, uh, Rocky Four had come out just bef- uh, with Rocky Four is more the inspiration for Punch Out than Rocky Three is. So while they take stuff from really? all the Rocky movies, it was the it was Rocky Four that you know made Punch Out you know the germ of an idea. Well, soda Popinski, that was the it was vodka Popinski, and they the he, that's the Russian guy, and they they changed it to right. Anyway. Uh, so they're at the end of the night and Mickey's like, you know, I, I don't like what most of what people, what comes out of people's mouths. And I hate soft talking moments, but I'm proud of you. And he tells, uh, Rocky, uh, very happy with that. Yeah. I love that scene. Uh, 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 it was in a, in a real wide shot and, uh, everyone else has gone home, but the band and the, the guy they're sparring with and, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. So then uh, they're at the fight. He's gonna, and they're trying to get Clever to like do interviews, and he's just pacing back and forth. Like they're, they literally, they're like, make dance, do a dance for us, take your robe off, and he's just like, nah. Um, Apollo Creed is on commentary for this fight, and Mickey tells Rocky that clever lang's never been 15 rounds before so that was their plan for the fight i guess was to outlast him outlast him rope a dope classic rocky which he does he later he does and uh so they're they're in the stairway going to the fight and uh clever lang says some shit and then they're gonna fight in the stairway and he pushes mickey like out of the way and mickey drops and is clutching his heart again yeah, and we saw we saw him have like a, almost a heart attack at the wrestling event too. I think, yeah. right? Yeah, in the midst of that uh, that m- melee in the hallway in the stairwell, uh, Clever Lang throws a cop over the railing, and I was like, I was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I the, I don't know why, but my first thought was that cop is getting disability. He's never going to work again. He's he's uh, <laughs> he's gonna ca- he's gonna dine out on this story forever. <laughs> How many pills do you think that a cop got? <laughs> right? And there's no way after a cop gets yeah. thrown over a railing that they don't call that that they don't that fight doesn't get called off. If there's some crazy back back room shit like that now, I got to imagine that that's it. It's a, it, insurance 
kind of forces you to cancel it all anyway. I could be wrong. Yeah, it's different. Different, different times. Time. Different time. Different time. Different time. And Mickey curled up on the floor is heartbreaking. Uh, uh, yeah, and Rocky runs over to him and he says, he's go, go tell him the fight is off. And Mickey's like, we're fighting. And and he won't let him quit. You know, I he feel said, like after, that's... It, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. After all these years, you don't know what to do. You should be ashamed of yourself. Now get out there and do it. Um, and so Rocky reluctantly goes. He tells Adrian to stay with Mickey. And Rocky's like almost crying. Which is like the opposite of how you want to start going to a fight. So yeah, so every 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 Rocky movie I think has this shot of like from two from Rocky two to Rocky eight is somebody dying, looking up into the sky, and like another character like looking over that character, and it's I feel like it's like really dramatic, and uh, I think they leaned hard into it in Rocky two, and they were like, you know what? Let's pull the heartstrings every single time. Well, I mean, Stallone is directing the, the number two and number three. I don't, I don't know who direct, well, directed four, but I'm going like, to guess. I'm going to guess it was Stallone. Heartbreaking. They're, fight, they're fighting in a, it's an Italian stallion ring. It's got his logo. It yeah, like, I thought that was interesting, too. Um, so I guess they were supposed to be in Philadelphia. They're supposed to be at the Spectrum for this fight. I think so. But they don't. I, they didn't go out of their way to say that. And in the second one, they wouldn't shut up about it. Yeah, yeah. And in the first one, it just is. Yeah. But you know, I don't think every boxer has their home, like home field advantage. I feel like most no. boxing doesn't take place in anyone's like hometown. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. But it just sets up how big of a, a shock it is. Yeah. And, well, I guess the Spectrum held boxing events, and so did uh, the. The blue uh, horizon. The blue horizon. So uh, Apollo Creed comes in the ring. He's like, he's like, in the Joe Frazier role now that he's retired. He's like, uh, just there to shake hands, and uh, he tries to shake Clover's hand, and he's not into it. He calls him a has been. Um, it's like, don't get your has been uh, juice on me. <laughs> It's unnecess- he's unnecessarily mean to, to the former champ, and I, I find it even peculiar. Apollo tells Rocky to drop him. Do everybody a favor and drop him. Um, Rocky keeps asking about Mickey. Like, his head is not in it at all. Um, and they go to meet face-to-face, and Rocky can't even, like, look him in the eye. Clubber Lang just looks like he's going to murder him. And uh, he, he, even Clubber says something about him being scared. Yeah. Uh, so the fight starts, and there Rocky comes out swinging, I guess because he's mad, and he he he's like laying in the Lang, and the noises they use are for when Clever Lang punches somebody, like the noises is like it's so painful sounding, it sounds so painful. Yeah, great sound effects. Um, Rocky is in a chance. No, no, he's he uh, he definitely loses the first round, and he goes back to the corner, and he says he needs Mickey. He says he's too strong, and that he's losing it. Backstage are doing CPR on Mickey in round two fights, and Clever Lang's just laying into him, and he gives him a left hook and just knocks Rocky out, and he doesn't get up for the 10 count. And at the same time, they are taking the oxygen mask off Mickey in the background. And there's this great, like, disorienting music because Rocky just got the, you know, he's, like, in another world because he just got destroyed. Rocky goes to the back with Mickey, 
Uh, they said Mickey wouldn't go to the hospital without him. And Mickey said, what happened? And Rocky says it was a knockout, second round. But he doesn't, of course, say that he was the one knocked out. Right, right. He doesn't want to tell Mickey. Mickey's, Mickey Mickey, said we did it. Mickey's crying. He tells Rocky he loves him. And uh, he says it hurts me. That's his last words. Oh. He dies. It's a sad scene, but I wouldn't say it's a moving scene. It hurts me is like that's that's the most bleak last words. And then uh Rocky is just like completely distraught. It's a great performance cuz he's just completely loses it. A little too melodramatic for me. <laughs> that, that, it that just was is. His, it's like that was on. his dad basically. Um so they uh they go to his funeral, and there's a rabbi saying prayers, which Rocky repeats. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize Mickey was Jewish. Yeah, they, uh, he, uh, Mickey Goldmill. Mickey Goldmill. And he was 76. He was 76. He, he was like 100. Apparently, he, he had a rough life. All right. I believe it. He looked like a 100-year-old. This is when uh, Rocky rides his motorcycle, which has the Italian Stallion logo on it. I noticed that he's, as well. He's yeah. on the art museum, like steps. Yeah. Um, and he he's pissed off, and he throws his helmet at the statue. A lot of destroying his own imagery. Yeah. So like he's the, uh, or trying to with like the <laughs> pinball machine, the statue. Yeah. You know. Rocky goes to Mickey's gym because he's all depressed, and Apollo's there. He says. Apollo said he waited at his house for an hour, and Adrian told him he might be there. So they must be near Philly then, because... I think they're supposed to be, but I don't think they really were. Yeah. They were... Washington Township. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, actually, uh, Muhammad Ali lived in Cherry Hill. Yeah. I can imagine Apollo Creed driving across the Walt Whitman, paying the $5 to come see Rocky. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Where is this guy? Back then it was $2 each way. It was two bucks each way. It was different. It's true. You're right. Paula says he needs someone new to train him. Um, Train a different way if he wants to beat Clever Lang. And he says with with his promotion skills, it'll be the biggest gate of all time, even bigger than their fights. And Rocky says uh, he's not into it. He, he says he doesn't want this no more. Apollo says when he lost, that hurt. But he didn't want to hear it from anybody. And he knows that every fighter knows that hurt when they lose. And he now now Rocky knows what it's like. And he's like, you don't have to back down from it. And he tells Rocky he lost his edge, which Mickey uh, also told him. And he said, I know Mickey dying messed you up, but you're not hungry anymore. And when when we fought, you had that eye of the tiger, that edge. He's like, you don't have. Do you think they knew they were saying the song at this point? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, they tried to get different song. That's all, you know. Do you think he would have said like, uh, um, uh, "You're the best," and another one will bite the dust? (laughs) (laughs) You're the best. (laughs) Queen was not into it. Yeah, and they just they. Oh, that's we got Eye of the Tiger. So they said uh, Apollo says the way to go, the way to get back to it 
the way to get your edge back is to go to back to the beginning. And maybe we can win it back together. So Rocky's like, he is curious. I, uh, I really enjoy the, the way they reintroduce Apollo's character into this here because, you know, we, we meet him as a showman to begin with when he, like, picks handpicks Rocky to be his opponent for the bicentennial fight. And yeah. here he is. He sees an, a great opportunity for a comeback story, not just for Rocky, but for him, too. He's going to train Rocky to be better than he ever was. Like, this is how... It, it, yeah, but, like, shouldn't Apollo Creed, like, be helping Mr. Clubber Mr. Lang out and, like, help no, someone he, else he, claim the title? Not, not be like, this guy's the best, and he continues to be the best. Like, I don't know. No, he talks shit. He he talks shit on on he 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 hates Clover Lang. Clover yeah, Lang Clover Lang like burned him. that bridge right away. I know, but but I. He probably. I just think that I. I think Apollo Creed would have probably already reached out to him before that moment. You're thinking an enemy of my enemy kind of thing, but I think. Uh, yeah, I think Mister. I think Mister T of is. I, I think Mister or Clover Lang is Apollo's enemy. I don't think he. I don't think they are on the same side. You know. They have no reason to truly be enemies, and like I find. I find Apollo. I, I find. I find that when he goes after Apollo in the ring like that, it's like, what? Like, it's ridiculous. I think that comes. Ridiculous. I, I think it comes down to Clubber Lang not being fleshed out enough. Like I said, like I get the impression that he's like political in some way. Like what's he so mad about. But what's he so mad about? Yeah. Where to get that jacket? Where to get that jacket? Who cuts his hair? Who cuts his hair? I was just looking at pictures of the uh, cartoon, and he had a dog that had it. That had it. A mohawk in yes the yeah that's right yeah you're right we gotta watch let's do an episode on that oh gosh so does does apollo take rocky to new york to train because that's where apollo's from no he takes him to la la oh okay that's why i that's why two episodes ago i asked if apollo was supposed to be from la because i knew in new york or, or in, in um in the third one in the third one they go to la did they go to back to where he got his start which i just this this must be la because i didn't think they were in la the entire time you're probably right that they were in L.A. the whole time. Clubber accepts the challenge on TV, and he talks some more shit on Apollo Creed. Uh, then the announcer says Rocky's 34, and most experts doubt that he can win. Um, Over the hill. So they're uh, about to go to L.A., and Apollo says, "You owe me. when this is over, you're going to owe me a big favor. And Rocky's like, what? And he's like, you'll see when it's over. So they set that up, the last scene of the movie. Um, so he says goodbye, and then this is where they uh, they go to L.A. and Paulie is scared of the area. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, he's getting pissed drunk in a South Philly dive bar, uh, but he's scared of around here. Why did Rocky uh, bring him? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's don't not. Know. He's not part of the fight at all. Is. Yeah. I don't know he, what Paul he's adding. He's to not this. helpful. His racism is so ugly and uncomfortable through these next couple of scenes that the fact that there's no additional scene where one of the one of Apollo's trainees or trainers gets to like there's slap him around, yeah. like I like like where's the payoff where Paulie <laughs> where gets lesson right, or right, yeah, right. It's kind of disappointing. I would have loved to have seen Apollo. Uh, Paul is like can't can't talk like that no more. Can't talk like that. You know what I mean. It's, <laughs> Yeah, he definitely he needed to get slapped around. Apollo goes to the uh, his old boxing gym and and uh, he says, "You see the look in their eyes. That's what you got to get back." Um, and then uh, we realize why Paulie doesn't like it here because there's black people. <laughs> black and, uh, people. 
Um, like, you know, he's intimidated. Like, he just walked in with the two heavyweight champions of the world. Like, you're intimidated? You're scared? Like, this, you're, that, you're, this is like boxing royalty. What a tiny, pathetic Racism person. Over, overtakes him. Overtakes him. Uh, this is when Tony Duke, a.k.a. Tony, shows up, uh, who's a great character. He doesn't get enough. Uh, this is a Is this where he, uh, where he gets his name? Does he finally get his name in this one? He finally gets a name. Yeah, yeah. He finally gets a name. And, and they show that all the other fighters are excited to meet Rocky, which is cool. Because it's like, hey, this guy was the former champ. And now he's, you know, in this little gym. They start work, working on Rocky's footwork. Paulie says some more racist things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Can't talk uh, like that no more. That's what he's. That's the part they cut out. <laughs> uh, then they there's Rocky swimming to fully get into the spirit. They're like living in like a little apartment, like a shitty little apartment. Um, Back to basics, yeah. And, uh, Back to basics. Paulie is yelling at homeless people outside. He says that they have no class. Meanwhile, he's using a newspaper as a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> They're sparring, and Apollo is trying to talk at Rocky. Rocky's having flashbacks of getting murdered by Clover, and Apollo kind of snaps at him. Then it's the uh, they're on the beach. This is a Classic. famous scene. Um, they're on the beach having a race. And uh, great tube socks. Yes, high high socks, short shorts, fashion icons. Uh, this, this is uh, yeah, this is this is beautiful. I also I really like uh, in this montage. You see how rhythmless Rocky is. How he like he cannot move to a beat. <laughs> he has no. There's there's almost. It's it's really funny because they're like teaching him to dance in a way, and he just like can't. It's like a. It, I know they're the montage is supposed to be about him learning to fight better, but it's really a montage about him learning to dance, and there's something like really uh, charming about that as well. Two left feet, the southpaw with two left feet. He can hear the music that they're playing. This is the other part where they the the music in the movie uh, or the soundtrack they're playing through the jukebox where they. they Oh, boombox! Yeah. Oh man, you're right. I, I just noticed. <laughs> you're right. That's so. Strange. That's why. Does Rocky only hear it? Does do uh, in their world? Does the music? Do, can they hear all the music? Is there only this song? When you is there is there like a radio only station that only song. plays this song? <laughs> like in their in, in their universe, yeah. Is like this is like sometimes just music plays when we're having emotional. Uh, um, engage, interactions. That's cr- that's crazy. A good good find. Good it, pick. It's horrible when you're scared. It's horrible when you're scared. Uh, so as they're running, uh, Rocky keeps hearing flashbacks of Mickey telling him he can't beat Clover, and flashbacks to his funeral. And Rocky stops running, and Apollo tells Adrian, he says it's it's over. So this is like a big scene. Adrian comes to talk to Rocky. And she's like, I just want to ask you, why Why did you come here? Rocky says it's over. Adrian says, you never quit anything since i known you. So why are you quitting now? Rocky said, "I." he said, uh, how did everything get so bad? I wrecked everything for myself, not thinking of myself. Mickey didn't have to lie to me and carry me and make me think I was better. Rocky says it was an angle to keep him holding on to the title longer than I should have had it. And Adrian says, his job was to protect you. He was protecting you. 
Rocky says that makes it worse and that he's a loser. I don't believe in myself no more. Um, and Adrian says, uh, while well, he says when a fighter doesn't believe in himself, that's it. And Adrian says that's not it. They have like a back and forth. Rocky says uh, he doesn't want to lose what he got before. Before he didn't have nothing. And now he doesn't want to lose. He's got the house, cars, money. Adrian says, "What's what's the what's the truth? Like why are what?" And that's when Rocky like he's like, "I'm afraid." He's like, "For the first time in my life, that's I'm afraid." So then Adrian has like this monologue saying, "The fights were real, and I don't think you're a liar. But it doesn't matter what I think because you're the one that has to get rid of this feeling. Because if everybody stops shouting your name, it's just gonna when everybody starts shouting your name, it's just gonna be us, and this is gonna bother you for the rest of your life." Apollo thinks you can do it. I think you can do it. But you got to do it for yourself. And if you lose, at least you lost with no excuses or fear. And it's like I love I love this Adrian speech. This is uh, this is the loudest she gets to be in all of the movies. And uh, she gives this great monologue here about living without fear and defining yourself by your own terms. And it's like everyone thinks you're great, and but if you don't think you're great, what can you hope to accomplish? What can you hope to do? And yeah. Adrian really changed over these these three movies, huh? She got yeah. a little bit of money, and she she wasn't afraid to uh, speak her mind. Rocky says, "How'd you get so tough?" And she says, "I live with a fighter." So now they play "Gonna Fly." Now, now he's th- now he's into it. This is this was the turning point. He can hear the music again. He's hear literally, the music. literally getting strong now. So th- there's like another montage of them training, and Rocky's like super into it now, and and they're racing one more time on the on the beach and he finally beats Apollo. He finally he finally beats him in a race. And they jump in the ocean and hug. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah, it is. I, I I can't believe they didn't break their ankles on that <laughs> beach. I don't know if you've ever tried to actually run on a beach. Uh, it's not easy. I, no. 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 Very cool socks. Nike, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I, yeah. I think they look amazing in this whole montage here as Rocky, you know, commits to winning the fight and then you see him get more rhythmic and better at at, you know, bobbing and weaving and dancing in the ring and there's a moment where Apollo and Rocky are dancing together in unison. They're just like two greased up muscle men dancing in perfect unison. <laughs> and it's like it's I mean, like, like it's, is this a boxing really, movie or is this a dancing movie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying it either way. But it, it was uh And uh and I think people love dancing. He uses that in the in the fight. He bobs and weaves over clever now like he changes his whole fight style yeah because there's no way he can go 15 rounds and uh and uh bleed clubber lang out tire him out if he can't uh, dodge and evade and bob and weave so this was cool this was uh i like it when they talk about a strategy that they're going to use in the fight and then you see that strategy get used yeah it's cool uh um so there's a rematch at madison square garden uh, so they're interviewing Clever Lang. Every scene Clever Lang has like a great line, but uh, he says no. Everything he says is funny. Yeah, he says no. I don't hate Balboa, but I pity the fool, which became his catchphrase. But that was the first time he said it. Apollo's giving him a pep talk, and then the best Clever Lang part ever. They're they're the guys interview him. He's like, "What's your prediction for the fight?" My prediction. He's like, "Yes, prediction," and he looks straight at the camera, and he's like, "Ping." This he spikes the camera. Did he write, that? Did he write it? <laughs> I don't know, but it's amazing. It's like, oh, it's the, so good. The other part there is, do you do you accept the uh, 
like a fight with Rocky Balboa. He, he goes, no, I don't accept the fight because I'm giving him a beating. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, he's just everything like, he says is so funny. Like, yeah, he's I, such I, a badass. <laughs> I, I I I think I'd be rooting for Clever Lang if I was watching this people. I, I don't know. <laughs> but it's such a great I mean, I would definitely buy this pay per view. That's a hell of a this is a hell of a That's fight. Ice. They are committed. Um so Apollo gives him his shorts for the first fight, the uh American flag shorts. Yeah. And uh and he reminds Rocky, you owe me a favor and he's like, What favor? Uh Rocky, like like we were saying before, some things we think about Rocky and it's from Rocky three and Rocky wearing the American flag shorts is from this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. There's just between the statue and that and, you know, I pity the fool. Rocky three, iconic. Forgotten. Um, yes. <laughs> the Rocky of Rockies. So Paulie tells Apollo that he did a good job training Rockies. Cause, and then they have they had been, like, snapping at him, barking at each other the whole time because they don't get along. But even Paulie... Uh, Admits that Apollo did a great job training him. Uh, so they say that Rocky is 20 pounds lighter. And Stu Nahan, the commentator, she straight up says Rocky isn't much of a boxer. And then he's like, i never seen a fighter with such. And then it gets cut, it gets cut off by Clever Lang's entrance. And Clever Lang, like, punches somebody in the crowd. Somebody <laughs> says something to him, and he, he like, pushes him. He says, he says something else to Apollo. And Rocky comes in the ring, and and now when they have the face to face, Rocky's like he stares right at him. He has no fear now. He's not scared of him, and his head is completely in it. So uh, the fight starts. I just want to call attention. Slobber knocker. I just want to call attention to uh, the uh, uh, the corner, uh, Rocky's corner, the outfits they're wearing. And they have these red polo shirts on. Ah, uh, the hat. Yeah, really crisp. I like the look. Carl Weathers fills out that red polo. Uh, effortless is the word that comes to mind. Like nobody's yep. business. <laughs> or wait, a are, cold drink of water. The I guess I guess the it's the other fight. They're wearing like pilot hats that say Rocky. Oh yeah, they got yeah yeah. That's a good one too. That's what they were referring to. But that's the other fight. Yeah right right. Yeah. Uh, so the first round is just they're punching each other, and Rocky is like significantly faster and he's like ducking clover um he's like uh i meant to write ducking clover but that's not what my phone right that that would change the what i wrote would change the movie considerably um do you think the fight scene was was not long enough uh this one uh i think it was well it's only three round fight uh, it's just just long enough for me. I don't. I definitely didn't need another fifteen fifteen round uh, montage sequence. Okay. I'm glad they switched it up from the last two. Uh, after uh, after the first round, um, Rocky takes a drink and he spits on Paulie, uh, which apparently was real. He didn't mean to do that, and they just left it in. That's funny. funny. Deserves it. Yeah. Uh, I also I, I really like uh, Mr. T doesn't get to do too much acting in this movie. He's pretty one note. But uh, what Clubber Lang has a, you know, huge overreaction uh, to sell the frustration of how much uh, Rocky has transformed when they first get into the ring together. So like seeing him make these yeah. like like seeing his frustration and then like eventually he has to like pick Rocky up and throw him into the corner so that he can like land a punch. And uh, it's uh, it's really good. It's a really good job. 
Yeah, yeah. Clover gets him in the corner a couple times, and he's just like killing him. And then uh, he knocks Rocky out, and Rocky gets up, and he knocks him out again, and he gets up. So Clever definitely won that round. Adrian's yelling to stop the fight. The round ends, and Rocky go. He's like in his face. He's like, "You ain't so bad." And Clever's like, "You're crazy." Like he like starts. He starts like fucking with Clever, fucking with his head now. I'm sorry. I know. I, I really I like this part as well because I think this is the beginning of uh you know part of the Rocky mythology that continues to the movies nowadays. Nowadays, which is uh, Rocky decides here that his legend, the thing that's gonna make him you know that makes him more than a man, is that he can take all of the punishment, no matter from who or what they're dishing out. It's like you know take attacking his opponent's confidence. He can take whatever beating you can dish. Yeah, you uh you know you gave him your strongest punch and he kept coming. So uh, what else can you throw at the guy? And that the, like we see that here, and then like Rocky gives that speech in later movies about you know life is about getting not how hard you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep going. And I think that the germ of that idea is like uh, finally, I don't know, vocalized here, or not vocalized, but like it, it it's it's presented here. We see Rocky embrace it. Hmm. Yeah. They, so, so he's rope doping him. So, which is just like, so this is what Ali did against George Foreman in the Rumble in the Jungle fight, famously. He would just let Foreman beat the shit out of him and tire himself out, and that's and that's how he, then eventually, when he's tired out, Ali would come back and fight him. Of course, uh, Rocky doesn't explain that he's going to do this to Apollo, so Apollo's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're just getting murdered. He probably should have had a conversation about this. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it was decided for advance. him. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, oh, okay, this is my... So this is the third round, and, and Rocky's just like, he's getting the shit beat out of him, but he, like, keeps talking shit on Clover, and Clover gets madder and madder, and he punches him harder and harder. This, this, Rocky's corner is, like, screaming, and this is when Clover starts getting tired, and Rocky starts fighting back and fighting back, and he's just punching him. Apollo kisses Paulie. Because he's so happy that he's coming back. Rocky's just like destroying him. And they do this awesome thing where it's like he it's in slow motion and he punches him and there's like a horn stab like and then every time he punches him, there's another one like it's timed with the music. It's so fucking awesome. Yeah, it's great. And he finally knocks out Clever Lang and he cannot get up for the 10 count. So Rocky wins in the third round. Mr. T really sells this uh, when he, again he he's like acting with you know with his body here, not so much delivering lines, but he shrinks under that you know last barrage of punches coming from Rocky, and it looks like he's deflating. It's like a shot from behind uh, 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 Mr. T, Clever Lang, and he like his knees start to wobble, and he like starts to slouch, and you see him physically become smaller than Rocky like on screen like that. It's it's really great. He does a great job. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, if you were if you bought this, this would have been an, an incredible fight. I mean, I guess it was only three rounds, but it was pretty amazing. Um, Maybe the undercards were so were interesting. I, uh, <laughs> everyone's going home early <laughs> that night. So uh, that's the end of the fight, and uh, they cut to uh, the gym where Apollo and Rocky are both suited up with with their boxing gloves. And this is Apollo's favor that he's been asking for. They're going to fight one more time. And uh, he's like, I couldn't handle that you beat me. And Rocky says, but last time you, you said that it didn't matter and you could handle it. He said, I lied. 
And uh, he said, uh, so Rocky's like, well, you taught me everything you know. And he's like, I taught you everything you know, but not everything I know, which you have to say when two people are fighting. Uh, And uh, he's like, you fight great, but I'm a great fighter. And uh, he says, it's too bad we got to get old. And Rocky says, do you want to ring the bell? And he takes out his mouthpiece and he goes, ding, ding. Like, I love that part. Yeah, it's great. Uh, And then they... They go to punch each other, and it turns into a painting. That's the other, <laughs> which is also similar to Rocky Two. <laughs> There's a similar painting in the uh, training sequence at the Bellevue earlier in the film of just Rocky, and then yeah. the the movie ends with the the two of them. I, I love it. Yeah, it's great style. But Rock, Rocky Two that... ends with that illustration of like Rocky and uh, you're right, Mickey. Yeah, and even even in the opening montage in Rocky Three of Rocky Two, it hits that point. But they don't hit the the illustration. But I don't know. It's 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 interesting what they chose to repeat. And that yeah. was one of them. It's kind of part of the aesthetic, then I guess you know. Yeah, the yellow text, the freeze and, frame, and freeze painting. frame into a painting. Yeah, into a painting. And is this the painting that is in? Rocky's restaurant later on uh, in in the later ones. Oh, I don't know. We'll wait, that's to find a good out. question. Well, we're gonna have to stick around for three or four more movies, and we'll find out. So in Creed, they meant uh, uh, Rocky's talking to Creed, and he and and Creed uh, uh, Adonis Creed um, says like he's like yeah, I so he he says both of their fights, and Rocky's like we actually had a third fight, and he says Apollo won. I believe it. Um, in 100% that. believe yeah. it. I I, gotta, I think Paolo might have won the other one, too. Which, it's interesting if that he beat Rocky in this one because in the fourth one he comes out of retirement. So I guess maybe this was the fight that he was like, They're you know always what? Retiring. I, I got They're always retiring. It's the same plot over and over again. So, yeah, that's that's uh, the movie. In the, uh, Mr. T's name is Mr. T. First name. I did see that. I did see that. That's fine. And Hulk Hogan too. Hulk Hogan, yeah. Uh, And then the I didn't notice this because I didn't. I guess I didn't watch the credits for the other ones. But all the movies um, end with it says this film is dedicated to the enduring memory of Jane Oliver, who was Stallone's first personal manager who died of cancer in 1975, and uh, all the movies are dedicated to her. My my only thing, well, I mean, uh, one of the things about this movie is, like, I understand why they didn't do a rematch in the fourth one, because, like, they just did the first two movies. Were sure, it's rematch. weird that he that Mr. T no longer exists. Yeah, that's the thing. That's, it's like Clever Lang would want, a, would want a, a, a rematch, though. Or be part of it, something, yeah. you know? Doesn't he fight Ivan Drago? I want to see that. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to oh, see that. that would be good. Yeah, where's that cutscene? <laughs> Rocky Three was an enormous box office success and surpassed the gross of its predecessor. The film grossed sixteen million fifteen thousand four hundred eight dollars in its opening weekend and earned one hundred twenty-five million forty-nine thousand one hundred twenty-five dollars during its North American theatrical run, becoming the fourth highest-grossing film of nineteen eighty-two. Its worldwide box office earnings standing at uh, around two hundred seventy million dollars. Uh, Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel attributed the film's success to the positive reaction from critics and audiences towards Rocky II and the production team's quality control of that film. Siskel stated, quote, if you want a hugely successful series, then make sure that the second one is a winner, end quote. That's good advice. If your first one was good, your second one has to be even better, and then you can make 18 
20, 30 movies uh, of diminishing returns based off of the success of those first two. I guess I still, I guess still do that. Yo, yeah, it still works. <laughs> uh, Rocky Three holds a 63% rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes based on 38 reviews with an average of 5.5 out of 10. The film's consensus reads, quote, it's noticeably subject to the law of diminishing returns, but Rocky Three still has enough brawny spectacle to stand in the ring with the franchise's better entries, end quote. Then we have some reviews here. Uh, Gene Siskel gave the film two and a half stars out of four and wrote, quote, sorry to say this, but there's not anything new in Rocky Three, and we sit there wondering why it exists, end quote. He added that, uh, quote, we see nothing new about Rocky's character except that the tender side of his soul, which made him so appealing, is now virtually missing. Rocky Balboa in Rocky Three is no longer likable, end quote. Uh, I think Bierman kind of touched on that too. He doesn't tell the same kind of corny jokes, and he doesn't have that same simple, you know, naive charm. There's not a, there's not enough not there's not enough moments with just like him being him. Like there's so much going on in the movie. Yeah, I wouldn't say he lost it, but he never has an opportunity to show it. Right, there was a montage yeah. going on. Yeah, the music just keeps playing. There's a lot of a lot of good songs on that that soundtrack. They got a montage for each it's one a of hit. them. Uh, Sheila Benson of the Los Angeles Times wrote that, quote, somehow Sylvester Stallone has kicked life into what you might imagine is a pretty tired Rocky Balboa and has gotten him up on his feet again. Rocky Three works possibly even better than Numbers 1 and 2 did, end quote. I don't know about all that, Sheila, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Rita Kempley of the Washington Post called it, quote, as much fun as ever, great meat and potatoes movie with guys beating the hell out of each other to a disco beat, end quote. That's all I want. Put that on the poster. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, a, the, the bronze statue of Rocky called uh, called Rocky was commissioned by Sylvester Stallone and created by A. Thomas Schoenberg in 1981. Three statues were created, and one was placed atop of the steps of the Philadelphia Museum of Art for the filming of Rocky Three. After filming was complete, a furious debate erupted over the uh, placement of the statue uh, between Philadelphia's uh, Art Museum and the city's Art Commission. Uh, claiming the statue was not art, but rather a movie prop, the city considered various alternative locations <laughs> and settled upon the front of the spectrum in South Philadelphia. It was later returned to the art museum where it was used for the filming of Rocky V, as well as Mannequin and Philadelphia. I think we all remember that famous scene where Denzel Washington runs up the stairs before the big court case. Afterwards, it was, a, it was again moved uh, to the front of the spectrum, the statue was returned to the bottom of the museum stairs on 8 September 2006. I found a um in the on the IMDb I was looking up the trivia and I found a, a cool note. I'll just read this whole thing. It says in 1981 an 8-year-old living in Philadelphia's Longcrest neighborhood, Nicole Bird, went door to door gathering signatures to keep the 8-foot 6-inch 1-ton bronze statue of Rocky Balboa forever at the top of the steps of the art museum. The city had refused to keep the prop in front of the world-class museum, and Sylvester Stallone shipped the statue back to Los Angeles. But little Nicole mounted a campaign to bring the statue back. She set up a table outside Vet Stadium the night Pete Rose passed Ty Cobb on the list of all-time hits and gathered 2,000, 2000 signatures. In all, she collected more than 10,000 signatures and presented them to city council. Stallone was grateful. The, the statue was put back on the steps briefly in 19. 82 for the opening of Rocky three and Stallone hoisted Nicole over his head at the dedication ceremony, then escorted her to the premiere at the Samaric on Chestnut street. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. That's cool. 
That little girl went door to door. She knocked on my door. There's this. The statue is kind of like an embodiment of the film franchise too. Like the idea that like Rocky movies were a joke, and now it's like how how many how many sequels to a movie can you have? And then uh, and now it's like well every movie every successful movie has eighteen sequels, a, a crossover event and spinoffs. But not back then. And that's what I mean. The the statue has transitioned from being a movie prop to being art in the same way that the Rocky franchise transitioned from being a joke to being the template on which, uh, you know, Marvel movies and Star Wars and every other cinematic franchise is trying to base itself on. Yeah, people were snobbier back then. They were snobbier back then. They were a little snobbier back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to uh, make a note of... Uh... Weird Al's theme from Rocky 13, parentheses, <laughs> the Rye or the Kaiser. This oh, is a yeah. hidden gem from Weird Al. Uh, <laughs> it's about a boxer who opens up a restaurant after he retires, like Rocky does. And, but the chorus is, try the Rye or the Kaiser. They're our special tonight. If you want, you can have an appetizer. And uh, it goes on from there. <laughs> But that's a that's a that's a good classic weird another Al. weird Al classic. Really good weird Al. A uh, video game based on the film was released in 1983, titled Rocky Super Action Boxing, designed by Coleco and released for ColecoVision. Players can play as either Rocky Balboa or Clubber Lang, either against the computer in a one-player game or against each other in a head-to-head two-player mode. That's probably the uh, the the legacy of Rocky Three. It. Uh, we should get this for the office. Uh, no, we shouldn't. I looked up videos. It looks oh. it looks terrible. Oh, all right, <laughs> never mind. But they have like like a a funny little like 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 version. Cool, yeah, version of it. Um, I this made me look up Punch Out and 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 see about the connections. But I guess we'll save that for when we talk about Rocky Four, as it's more closely related to that one. So that's uh, pretty much all I got. You guys want to add anything to our discussion on Rocky Three? It's not like a perfect movie, or and it's not the best <laughs> one, but but I just I I it's it's just a lot of fun, and uh, this one kind of set the template for the next ones, where it's just like we'll get like another big villain for Rocky to beat. How about a trove final impressions? Uh, I just want to also mention that uh, I. Uh, uh, when they go to LA, the place they train is called the uh, Hotel Lorraine, and uh, oh, nothing nice. to do with the ho- nothing to do with the, the Divine Lorraine, but uh, quite a coincidence stuck out to me. Yeah, yeah. nice, but better than Rocky too. Go I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say it's uh, overlooked and underrated. Um, Rocky three, give it a chance. Uh, it's also like a lean. One hour and a half. It's a it's a quick movie to watch. So yes, it's an eight out of ten movie. A good eight out of ten movie. Yeah, solid B B plus. So that's pretty much all there is to know about Rocky Three. Please check out our website www.southfellini.com. That's s o u t h f e l l i n i dot com for cool Philly inspired merch. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at South Fellini everywhere. Uh, what would your boxing nickname be uh, if you were in the Rocky world? If you were an up and comer in the in the boxing world of the Rocky? bleeder, the bleeder, <laughs> the bleeder. <laughs> uh, follow along and join in the conversation. We want to hear from you. Look out for new episodes of the podcast every Monday. Stay safe, wash your hands, get a booster, and wear a mask. Stay safe, everybody. 
Bye.